Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on the Believe Network. Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz. And we've been saying this for a while uh, to our good friend Ian Eagle that uh, Jim Nance has been hearing footsteps for some time now. And you can only sell Hello Friends uh, so often. Uh, meanwhile, all these other guys are getting gobs of money to uh, exit their current networks. And Nance is stuck in there saying, I can't believe what you're paying Tony. <laughs> And uh, it's only a matter of time before uh, Romo's here in footsteps as well. Yes. And, and the gentleman that's going to create that noise as if he was uh, Bigfoot himself <laughs> is uh, joining us right now. And it's always a pleasure to catch up with this guy because uh, we absolutely love him. He's one of the greats. And he and Ian Eagle uh, form, uh, in my opinion, yep. the most formidable and best announcing team in all of the National Football League. The great Charles Davis uh, joins us here on the show. Uh, Charles, good to catch up with you. Thanks so much for joining uh, Luby and me here on the program. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a while. It's good to hear your guys' voices again, and uh, trust you well. Appreciate all the kind words, and uh, bottom line is Ian is flat-out terrific. I'm lucky to be next to him, but uh, I don't I don't know about footsteps for, for my man, Tony. He's doing quite well. I just, I'm, just glad to, I'm just glad to be in my, glad to be in this spot, let me tell you. Well, what a time to be in his business. I mean, not to pry into your personal business here, but uh, uh, would you have to say that uh, Kirk Herbstreet and our uh, Aikman are, are the Christian Kirk yeah. of NFL <laughs> announcers, where you're saying they got how much money? Are you kidding me? Oh, and they're getting, getting jackpot too? I mean, uh, what, what a time yeah. to be play by play or analyst for a top team uh, on the NFL level. Yeah, I think I think you've nailed it. It's a fantastic time to be, uh, be on that level. And, and I think the top team is, is probably the key to everything. You know, once Tony got the big money, and the door opened and, you know, we weren't really sure that every, you know, everyone would follow in on that one, but it looks like it's definitely going in that direction. There's no looking at this happening. Happy for all those guys. And as I said before, fortunate to be in the spot I'm in because I'm lucky that I'm working, but uh, we'll just see how it all plays out. But, you know, all I do is wish them the best going forward. And it looks like everybody's going to be a okay. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed for my old partner, Kevin Burkhart, because he's got a chance to move into the number one spot at that place out west. And nice. I'm certainly hoping that happens for him. Chris Collinsworth broke the bank. They offered Sean McVay $20 million to go on the Internet. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> incredible well, what's not happening bad. in this racket. Hey, I mean, of course, uh, we're not in a position to share the wealth here. We're, we're just uh, staggering around as usual, you know, uh, hoping that the three <laughs> knockdown rule is in effect so that we can go out on hey, our exactly uh, sword. Right. All right, so Charles, many things. Uh, let's start uh, with this one. And uh, how many times, what's the over-under on the number of times that whoever is doing the first Tampa Bay Buccaneers broadcast uh, mentions that Tom Brady is now 45 years old? Uh, <laughs> is that going to happen more than a dozen times during take the course the of one three-hour telecast? Take the over. <laughs> over, take, take, okay. Take the over. Definitely take the over. Definitely take the over. And remember, 
it starts with all the pregame stuff that we're going to do as well. Think about the week leading up to the season opener. Think yes. about training camp. Think about the off season. It's already started. I already saw an article. And Tom Brady, Tom Brady will be the first quarterback over 45 to take a, a snap as a starter in NFL history. So, yeah, I'm taking the over in a big way, and I figure I'll probably be contributing to it as well. <laughs> it's hard to get it out of your head after a while. I mean, uh, after every uh, handoff, you're saying, can you believe this guy's 45 years old? Holy George Blanda, it's incredible. Uh, now, what did you make, uh, A, uh, of the idea that uh, he unretired while not really missing anything from his NFL career? If he hadn't said anything, uh, you would have thought, okay, he's probably coming back. And B, that supposedly, yeah. I mean, the storyline was that there was some acrimony there with uh, him and Arians and maybe the organization. And, uh, you know, he, he wanted to change a venue. He might come back with another team, maybe San Francisco. But uh, that, that he ended up back in, in Tampa Bay for this season, Charles Davis. Yeah, it certainly appears that by coming back and, and not coming back requesting a trade, right? You know, if all those things were true, he would have been working back channels. Hey, will you guys trade me? Or relinquish my rights so I can sign with, you know, San Francisco as the story went. Those things didn't happen. Um, whatever the acrimony was, it couldn't be that bad. The vitriol couldn't be that bad if he wants to come back to the exact same situation. It's the same head coach, it's the same general manager, same ownership, same team. So it can't be that awful. You know, that's the way I look at it. That You know, we all have different things behind closed doors, but at the end of the day, if that's best for him and he can handle it, and obviously it appears that he can, and he made this move. It's so interesting. You know, bracketology was coming out, right? We yep. were finding out where the teams were going, men's and women's tournaments. And Tom announced he was coming back, and that just hijacked the whole story. And I know a lot of college basketball people weren't happy about it. But he also was looking out for the best interest of himself because free agency was kicking in. And he wanted to announce to the guys that wanted to come back to Tampa, hey, I'm going to be here to be your quarterback. And I think it had an effect. Ryan Jensen, the center, I think had opportunities elsewhere. He came back to Tampa on what I think is a very friendly contract for Tampa. Carlton Davis, the starting corner, he came back and resigned. Uh, Chris Godwin has the franchise tag. He's got a big smile on his face. Mike Evans, of course, big smile on his face. I would not be surprised if Gronk's going to play again. He's going to come back. So the, the, the Tom Brady magic, and last but not least, Leonard Fournette on social media, as I read about it, he had had kind of like a goodbye message. That's been pulled down. That's been deleted. Oh, so, what was the old song? You say goodbye, I say hello. And Leonard Fournette's like, Tom Brady's coming back. I'm coming back to Tampa, too. So, Tom Brady is a recruiter. It's A number one. And I never really felt like he wanted to retire in the first place. I felt like he thought he had to retire. He thought he was doing the right thing for a number of people. And then once he discovered, hey, we're, we're good if you keep playing, I'm back, baby. And I'm glad that he is. All right. Uh, we were hoping, and, and you know, in my case, it would have been, you know, has been standard in any of my marriages, any of the three of them, familiarity breeds contempt. And so uh, 40 <laughs> days uh, together trying to, uh, you know, morph into this uh, wonderful family man, uh, forget about it. Let me just go to work and do another broadcast. I, I, I did, that's I know Louie's got one for you, Charles Davis. Familiarity breeds prenup. I rolled the dice again in Las Vegas, and unfortunately, uh, you know, those uh, fatal words, seven out, uh, came up one more time. But uh, Charles Davis with us, of course, a brilliant CBS uh, football analyst, has been in uh, many other uh, and on many other platforms uh, throughout his brilliant career. Uh, But was that you screaming? Luby's got one for you. But was that you screaming about Tennessee getting hosed? 
with the number three seed. Uh, that was uh, overshadowed then by Brady's announcement, of course. Uh, Adam Schefter was uh, you know, on TV. His hair was standing up like Don King's uh, as he was reporting this uh, feverishly. But um, a lot of people felt that Tennessee was disrespected as uh, they got the number three seed. And uh, not to uh, think for one second that it's even remotely possible that uh, Coach K might have gotten favorable considerations by being on the two line in that tournament and having a nice, easy, clear path. I mean, you talk about the clear path rule to the basket here uh, and the final four. Yeah. Not, not major surprise about Duke. One, one thing to keep in mind for everyone who's who's jumping on that, they did win the ACC regular season. Okay. They got beat in the conference tournament final. So while it appears they have not played their best ball down the stretch, and I don't think that that's a, I don't think that's saying anything that's wrong. I mean, the loss at home to Carolina in the last game, they struggled in the tournament, but still found ways to win. Blah blah blah. I'm not surprised they got it too. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time worried about that part. I mean, a lot of us were wondering if they'd end up with a one if they won the ACC tournament. Tennessee, I'm, I frankly, I'm surprised, and it is my alma mater. But they're twelve and one down the stretch. They own wins against teams that are that are rated ahead of them, and I'm not saying that's why they should be there. But I really thought they were in strong consideration for it too. And you know, they end up getting nosed out for it. And Villanova, I think, is is one spot ahead of them. And Villanova beat them in the regular season. I know Tennessee beat Arizona during the regular season. That was back in November or early December. So I'm not losing too much sleep over it. I, I do wonder about us getting a three and Kentucky getting a two, and we beat Kentucky two out of three. Time with the one. There you go. I knew I knew we could get a spark there, uh, Charles. Oh, he's a Tennessee guy. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm, holding, I'm holding it in, guys. It, it, <laughs> it, the committee's not listening. You're not facing any no fainter here, my friend. <laughs> that was. We just love that. Very impressive. I love the the control you had there, Charles. Part of the team that we think is the best, and I think in all of sports, honestly, I, can, I could listen to them talk about anything. Charles Davis and Ian Eagle. We're lucky to have Ian Eagle all the time. We, for years, have had Charles on our shows. So thank you for joining us, Charles, from CBS. Talking about quarterbacks, talk about free agency, the opening of free agency between trades and movement. It seems like the AFC West has sort of stolen the show. Uh, it was already a strong division before with, I mean, the Chargers almost in the playoffs, Raiders in the playoffs, Broncos flirted with the playoffs, and Chiefs are perennial winner now. You go and you bring in Russell Wilson to the Broncos. The Chargers are getting uh, every big-name defensive player available. How scary is the AFC West? And if you're the Chargers with all these moves, where do you put them? Because to me, I still have the Chiefs there, and now with Russell Wilson and, and on the Broncos, like that's a scary division. Yeah, it is a scary division. It's, it's funny how quarterbacks drive everything, but we know that's, that's always the case. Yeah. Think about Derek Carr and oh. what he did last year with the Raiders, and most people would rate him the number four quarterback in that division yeah. right now. Yeah. I, I talked with a former GM in the NFL, and he said, yeah, he said to me, he said, look, in the AFC West, I would say four. They have now four of the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL, yeah. three of the top 10. And that order may change depending – on each weekend. So that's how you have to look at it, right? Mahomes probably would be, Mahomes would be the one, I'm sure. Then you're saying Herbert. Then you're saying Russell Wilson. Or do you always rate Herbert ahead of Wilson? Do you have Wilson ahead of Herbert? Uh, on some weekends, do you end up having, you know, <laughs> somebody rise ahead of Mahomes if their team plays really well? There's a lot of factors, a lot of things that go into this. So yeah, I'm with you. It is scary, Luby, when you think about, trying to be a defensive coordinator in the AFC West 
and each week you play, you're going to get one of those four quarterbacks. And if Derek Carr is your worst, that's a rough weekend. The great Charles Davis with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on Believe. Uh, all right, uh, we were speculating uh, on our other platform, uh, our show on Ion Channel, where uh, we're streaming audio and video, that it's only a matter of time before we might hear some kind of an exchange like this between uh, you and Ian Eagle, where Ian Eagle turns to you for analysis on a play prior to the uh, ball being snapped and says, uh, Charles, what do you think? Run or pass in this spot? And before you have a chance to answer, he also reminds the audience that uh, you have the opportunity to place a wager on whether they'll run or pass, uh, you know, by uh, dialing up this app. Now, uh, that being said, I mean, there, there's, uh, you know, now a synthesis between the gambling industry and, of course, all major sports uh, entities, and uh, not the least of which is the NFL. Uh, so uh, what do you make uh, of the Calvin Ridley situation? I know you're not Roger Goodell, but, uh, I mean, you talk right. about like the celebrity, you know, it goes both ways uh, in matters of celebrity. I don't know if, you know, you've ever been pulled over by the cops. Maybe you, uh, you know, they thought you blew a stop sign or were uh, going over the speed limit and they go, oh man, Charles Davis. Well, hey guys, look who's over yeah. here, Charles Davis. And, and they give you a free pass, but, but it can go the other way. And, and yeah. it seemed like it did for Ridley. Um, how, how slippery of a slope is this, uh, as they said in the movie, The Hurricane, uh, how slippery of a slope is this for the NFL and all major sports entities that they're now uh, a seamless marriage with the gambling industry? Yeah, I think I think it is slippery. There, I think it'd be disingenuous to suggest otherwise because for everyone who's involved now, when they see that gambling seems to be an acceptable practice and everything that you do, it's hard for people, I think, to remember exactly where the lines are drawn, even though the league is going to do its best to tell you exactly where the lines are drawn. <laughs> I equate yeah. it to being someone in a position of authority, power, teacher. You remember, remember when we were kids, those people that were held to, quote, unquote, a higher standard, yep. no matter what? That's how the league's going to view it for all of us that are involved, okay? Look, it's simple for everyone to do. You know it's easy to do. But you know that for our, our, our deal, we may be doing this in terms of, hey, people can play these, these gambling games, people can do all that. But if you're involved, if you're coaching, if you're broadcasting, if you're doing whatever with the league, you're held to a higher standard. You can't do that. And this one-year suspension for Calvin Ridley, crazy as it sounds for a lot of people, like, ah, $1,500. I would pump the brakes on that one and wait until this thing is fully out because I have a hard time believing it's only $1,500. So let's see <laughs> yeah. how it all totally plays out. But the second part is, if you go back to the 60s, when Pete Rozelle had to deal with it with Paul Horning and Alex Karras, a one-year suspension, that was the precedent that was set then. I know it's a lot of years later, but that one-year suspension holds now. I loved Horning, by the way. I got to know him a little bit because he always hung out. You, you'll find this hard to imagine, uh, like me, at racetracks. <laughs> and uh, he, he was a gas to be around. He really was. And I remember that, uh, you know, season when uh, I guess I was like 12 years old at the time. And we were like, oh, my God, the horror of these guys uh, gambling on games. But it would be impossible looking at the salaries uh, with the new cap at like $208 million. Uh, impossible to influence a guy, I, I think, with any amount of cash uh, to go out there, unless you were Stephen Ross, which, uh, you know, is kind of an interesting proposition. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you want to weigh in on this one, but uh, what image is scarier when it pops up to Stephen Ross in a dream? His ex-wife and her attorneys or Brian Flores? <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> I'd have to know a little that's, bit more about that. That's not an easy question. Food. You can tap dance on that one if you don't want to jeopardize <laughs> your zillion-dollar position there with CBS. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't do, I don't do domestic, but <laughs> no. dealing with what's going on with the accusations from Brian Flores, yeah. that, that would not be a lot of fun for someone to be in right now, I'm sure. Do you think that amounts to anything? I mean, uh, not just, I mean, the, the Ross allegations are, and assertions are, are certainly, uh, I think, alarming. If, uh, you know, there's any way to prove that that was true, I, I would imagine he would have to uh, just uh, go ahead and, and pack it in and, and go Donald Sterling and sell the franchise or Bud Adams. But, um, you know, uh, do you think anything will come of it? Because um, I, I would imagine, you know, you've done your share of conversations about the Rooney Rule. Uh, we've had uh, any number of Roonies on our program talking about it, and, and it does seem to be uh, completely ineffective. I mean, its intentions may be good, but, uh, you know, how do you change people's minds? I, I don't know that you can do that by instituting a rule that only affects and impacts like 32 guys, uh, the owners in the National Football League, uh, to try to help them help themselves. Um, do you think anything uh, of any substance what will come of this whole commotion that was created by Brian Flores? Well, I think by substance, my definition of substance is that there'll be a thorough investigation. Mm. Now, how it's adjudicated, how it's determined, what they find out of it, I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of opinions on. You know, I think a lot of people will probably be pessimistic that in terms of would Stephen Ross be found, quote unquote, guilty of actually making this offer? Well, you know, if so, what happens with the league? I go back to what I said before. I think the league is going to look at it again, higher standards. Where you know, as, as an owner, you're held to a higher standard of what you're supposed to do. But again, the investigation is going to tell us which way the league would go on something like this. And it's very interesting to me that, you know, as they go through all of this, a lot of people thought Brian Flores would not have a job in the league. Yeah. He's coaching. Yep. And how interesting is it that he's in Pittsburgh with the Roonies? Yeah. You know, he's a linebacker yeah, coach yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So, so I, find, I find that very, I find it interesting. And I'm happy for Brian that he has a play, has a chance to have something in the league, still coaching while his while his lawsuit goes forward because it will be a, it should be a thorough examination of the league and what we're doing and how we're doing things, and maybe we'll come out of it with a better way to do things, which I think we're all hopeful of. Well, I mean, one of the many ironies uh, that was associated with that whole story was uh, here's a guy a minority finally gets one of uh, what at the time was three. Uh, black head coaching positions are, you know, uh, one of three black men to, to have a coaching position in the NFL as a head coach. And, and at his first meeting, the guy's telling him, hey, by the way, man, uh, I want you to meet Tom Brady. He's coming on to the yacht here. And uh, here's a hundred grand to lose every game, which we know that, uh, you know, I mean, you, you talk about uh, just being set up as a patsy. I mean, if he goes on in 16, he, he probably, he probably doesn't coach again, right? They fired a coach. They say he was ineffective, that we're going in another direction. And Flores' record, you know, then is so tarnished that, you know, he's unlikely to get another head coaching position, which he was a very viable candidate for, you know, with all of the different openings there were, like nine openings uh, before this uh, lawsuit came out. Uh, and uh, one last thing, uh, and uh, you always were, uh, you know, great at lending your expertise on, on the college football draft. Uh, is the most exciting yeah. thing about this year's upcoming draft the fact that it's in Las Vegas? <laughs> kind of, you know, it's funny how it kind of feels that way, especially as yeah. we began this process. Because without a bunch of star quarterbacks, that power of the draft isn't quite the same. But I do think that the combine helped mitigate that because it was the fastest combine we've ever seen in terms of just pure speed. 
And the athleticism of big people really jumps off the screen at all of us. So I think that that helped the public at large. Because last year, there couldn't have been enough star power. Remember, five yep. quarterbacks were yep. the top 15 picks in the draft. This time, I don't think any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft would carry a grade as high as any of the top five last year. So who knows when the quarterbacks will come off the board. But now people are fascinated to see where will 341-pound Jordan Davis from the University of Georgia who ran and jumped out of the gym, where will he go now? All of a sudden, that's an interesting proposition. Will the wide receivers take take center stage now and be the speed guys that get it done? It feels like a big person's draft, pass rushers and Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau. Those guys really did a nice job at the combine of showing speed, athleticism, et cetera. So I do think it mitigated some of it. But uh, your point is well taken. Prior to the combine, I think a lot of people are like, well, at least it's in Vegas. And I think coming out of the combine, <laughs> I feel like at least it's in Vegas, thing, and now man. we have a few guys we'll follow. Do you believe uh, those uh, those uh, dash times to be a little bit suspect uh, when Rich Eisen had a 4.59 in, in a suit and wearing like regular dress shoes? Well, Rich has been, Rich has been training hard. I mean, he, okay. he's got to give Rich credit. He's okay. been training harder than he's ever trained before. And like Dara Torres, he's just gotten better with age. So, you know, what can you do? Nice. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks so much, uh, Charles. Best, a pleasure Charles. catching up with you. I mean, uh, you talk about uh, it's clear. I mean, Nance and Romo, if they're not hearing footsteps, they better wake up. <laughs> and because uh, you guys are coming, man. What, what a great team. You and uh, our good friend Ian Eagle are just dynamite. It's a pleasure to listen to you guys doing a broadcast. And uh, with the money that's being tossed around. You know, it's only a matter of time. When you yep. buy a network, Charles, uh, please, you know, give Luby and I like one of the minor games that, that is on like the app or something. We'll call women's field hockey for you, whatever you need. But uh, thanks so much uh, for that's, being with us here on After Hours. Listen, when, when, I buy, when I buy a network, that's my second call. Nice. The first is to my account. That's all, all the money right. And the second one is to you guys. Make sure that you're in there. And look, Jim and Tony are doing just fine. If it, You know, Ian is fantastic. But trust me on this one. No one's worried about any footsteps for me. I'm just glad to be a part of it. You know, you wouldn't necessarily, if you just saw Ian on TV like the first time, you wouldn't necessarily recognize the comedic genius that is behind that pair oh, of glasses. Guy's great. Oh, the comedic I, genius, the, the intelligence, the things that I learn from him each and every time I'm around him and talk with him. I've used the word fortunate many times. I am fortunate. Yeah. I get a chance to hang with him, and I've been I've been I've been fortunate with the partners I've had over the years. And he's the latest, and God Almighty, and, you know. Every time I try to tell myself, "Hey, I've got a funny line," the best thing I can do is just swallow it because I can't keep <laughs> up with him. I mean, there's just there's just no keeping up with him. He's the best. Suddenly brilliant and, uh, you know, a very, uh, you know, limited platform to get this uh, kind of comedic influence out there. Uh, uh, I get Luby. You get Iron Eagle. Uh, you know, who's living a better life? Charles Davis. <laughs> it's, no, a it's pleasure. Charles. A pleasure having you on After Hours here on Believe. Thanks so much for joining us here. Th- thanks for having me, guys. You take care of yourselves, and, and, and we'll talk down the road. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Charles. All right. Sounds great. Charles Davis. That guy's great, man. I'm glad we had him on it's here for, amazing, I believe, yeah. uh, downloaders and listeners. And, uh, you know, you, you can also catch what we've had Ian on uh, this uh, broadcast and this platform, yes. also on our Ion channel show. And, yes. uh, you know, don't forget, I mean, if you want to uh, hear some uh, interesting stuff about the NCAA tournament, uh, we had this on our uh, 
Ion Channel show, and that was uh, what yesterday's yes. uh, edition, Libby. You can Google yes. the Depot Show. And about an hour and 35 minutes in, we have a great, great conversation with UM head basketball coach Jim Laranega, who, as we often reference, is a basketball treasure. Yep. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, just uh, he had George Mason in the 2006 uh, NCAA tournament. And the teams they mowed down, right? What was it? Michigan State. Yep. North Carolina. I think UConn. And then uh, I believe they beat UConn to yep. go to the yep. Final yep. Four, yep. where they lost the eventual champion, Florida. Yep. With George Mason. Uh, number 11 seed at the time, they were the uh, lowest uh, seed ever to make it to the Final Four. I don't know if that's uh, been eclipsed uh, since, but uh, it certainly was a big do- to-do at the time. And uh, Larry Nager remembers every detail of everything that he did uh, going all the way back into high school, and it's all part of that conversation that we had on uh, Ion Channel. So check that out, and if you like what we do here, it was great having Charles Davis on. Uh, 7 to 9, a live version, audio and video streaming, Ion Channel. Uh, just uh, hit up I on channel. That's E-Y-E on channel. A lot of people uh, think it's like uh, just the letter I, like the big uh, E on the I chart. But uh, is I the next letter there you know, on the next line? It's uh, the giant E and then what? Exactly. That's where I lose sight of what's going on. There. <laughs> you want me to bring that closer? <laughs> right? You're only on the E at the top. I don't know how I ever passed the vision test on the driver's uh, license thing, right? When they make you read that bottom line and all the O's look like Q's. What do you think? And then you realize there's just like a speck of dust there and you fail. <laughs> they uh, say you can't drive anymore because you're blind. But uh, anyway, I mean, uh, you would have to be a blind person uh, not to appreciate uh, what Ian Eagle and uh, Charles Davis do on TV. Just absolutely fantastic. Or, or maybe uh, you know, hard of hearing because uh, they are really, really good. Uh, thanks to uh, Charles for being with us. Uh, you want to catch that Jim Laranega conversation, Google The Defoe Show. And uh, it would be uh, the 314 edition about an hour and 35 minutes in, you can just zip right to that, catch Jim Laranega on the NCAA tournament. That, uh, I mean, th- this should be a blast, Louie. I'm going to be I'm in Atlantic ready. City Let's for go. this thing. I know. You're going to be living it. Do I grow tepid about Virginia Tech winning the opener? They're I getting have. a point and a half. They're getting a point and a half. The ACC champion. One of the things Laranega railed about was that the ACC is Got being job. completely disregarded this yeah. year, which you say is fair, of course. But uh, then when Laranega came on and said it, you agreed with him. I didn't say anything. I just let him say it. I mean, he, he knows more than I do. But from the outside perspective, the ACC. He sounded irate about down. it. Like that was, uh, you know, a league wide uh, sort of uh, position that. That the ACC, with Notre Dame in a play-in game. Notre Dame in a play-in yeah, game. Yeah, well, Notre Dame was second in the conference, and Wake Forest, I think, yeah. was third, and they're not even in the tournament. Right. So, uh, was the ACC weak? Are they overrated? They're, I mean, Duke's a number two seed, uh, and the Virginia Tech only gets in as a number 10 seed, even though they won the uh, ACC tournament. Yep. And, uh, look, they mowed down North Carolina and Duke uh, en route to doing that. So, uh, certainly not being uh, regarded in a very favorable light. All right, so we'll see you uh, tomorrow. Here on Believe, and uh, catch us on ION Channel at 7 uh, in the AM. Always a lot of fun being with you. And uh, as we say, every time we do this after-hours program uh, with Mike Luby-Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest reminding you, you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. 
Steaks hand cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.